Hello, hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today I have with me Marla Williams from Washington State here in the U.S., and Marla is a stress expert. She owns the Being Zone, and I know, Marla, you've had quite the journey from corporate into working from home now. Can you just tell us your story, please? Yeah. Hey, I started my life as a very, very driven corporate executive. I was fortunate enough to come into a very small company that was growing rapidly. And I was one of the key leaders at the top and I lived in a state of stress. And that caught up with me over the 18 years that I was in corporate America. I kept getting stress-related disease after stress-related disease to the point that my doctor said, Marla, if you don't stop, you will die. Mm. Well, obviously (laughs) that was my wake up call, right? And that is when I made a decision to move to working from home as well as trying to figure out how to get on top of this constant overwhelm or constant stress or constant um, illness that I was living in. It's just mm-hmm. not, um, it was it was painful to see what I was doing to myself. And so I moved to working from home. And of course, because I'm kind of a type A personality and always fast moving and always have big goals that I even at home, I started to work really long hours because you can't, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, okay, I'm up at six, I'll start working. And then all of a sudden at 6 p.m. and there's a 12 hour day where my whole goal with working from home was to calm and to kind of get in a different space. And um, it took me a lot of years, but I figured it out. And now folks, I live, I have really almost zero stress. I rarely get anxious. I rarely get overwhelmed. Um, I sleep extremely well and I live in what I call the being zone, um, which is the name of my book, the name of my company, because what I do is teach people how to get out of that voice in their head that keeps them going and going and going and into their hearts and into a quiet place. Sounds like you've had quite the journey, and uh, that is a very serious and abrupt, I guess, wake-up call. Not everyone yeah. has that doctor who tells them, you need to pivot right now or else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long did it take you to, to transition? Like, did you quit your job that day, or what was that like for you to no, get from was, corporate to home? Yeah, no, it was really hard to quit because I made a lot of money. I was uh-huh. at the high level in the company, and I had a really good income, so it kind of went over several years where I started, I left and worked to heal. And then they recruited me back. I started consulting from home uh-huh. and they recruited me back as a consultant and paid my consultant rate. So I was still making really good money. I was able to work from home if I wished, or I could go in. And so that mm-hmm. was kind of the transition, right? Yeah. And then after about four years doing that, I left them, left corporate America and started my own company. I would gotten certified as a life coach and I wanted to take all these things that I had learned, not only as a leader in corporate America, but also as a um, independent um, life coach in starting to work with clients, all the lessons that I've learned that worked to keep you out of stress and overwhelm. And people love, my clients love what I teach. I do a lot of speaking and people absolutely say, oh my gosh, you have made the difference between me running and living in this state of stress or overwhelm, or I always have too much to do and not enough time into living more in what I call the zone or in the flow. So the audience that we're having here and um, the Yes, I Work From Home podcast is 
comprised of both uh, employees of corporations Mm -hmm. or companies, small small and big companies, as well as entrepreneurs, people who have branched out on their own, um, freelancers and independent contractors. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you're talking to people about stress, um, what kind of clients come to you? Do you find that more from one camp come versus the other? I get all. I have coached, um, I tend to get leaders and owners of companies, whether they're large companies or, you know, managers of middle-sized companies to mm-hmm. owners of their own companies um, to a lot of professionals. So I get a wide range of clients for coaching clients. And some people, and, and I, I love my clients, I love who seems to be drawn to me, you know, like attracts like. And so I tend to get people that I'm really well matched to. And when I start working with them, everybody's so unique. And when I went to write my book, I couldn't just say this works for everybody because it doesn't. When you write a book about how to eliminate stress and overwhelm and kind of get in a really good zone, you have to kind of cater it towards the individual you're working with because everybody thinks and acts differently. And so my book gives a lot of options. It's kind of a guidebook. And you go through and kind of learn why and how you got to how you got to this state because th- there's there's a story behind that is basically we're all born when we're born we're born in what's called the theta state and you have young children right so you're yeah. going to be able to see this when you have babies or very young children they tend to kind of live in their space in their own they're kind of they get in the zone with the toy and they're just like whoa if it's something they really love to do they're living in this calmer brainwave state. When you're working and you're stressed all the time, we're, we're operating in what they call the alpha or beta brainwave state, which is much, much faster. And that tends to increase our stress. But when you're in that theta state, which is like a hypnosis state, everything you hear, see, feel and experience becomes part of who you are in the long term. It gets ingrained in your cellular memory. And so, and as you get older, you move out of that theta state into these other faster brainwave states. And when you're reacting in stress, if your mother worried, you're likely to worry. If you're, you know, somebody in your family was a type A, you're more likely to be a type A because that's what you saw and experienced and became part of who you are. And so that's what I do is I help people figure that out, kind of see where they came from and then help them figure out how to get out of that zone that they're living in and into what I call the calm zone or the being zone. And lots of tools. Pardon me. There was an interview I did a few few episodes ago and uh, with a registered dietitian, and she talked more about stress than she did about food, which was really interesting to me. And she talked about three different types of stress. Um, do you identify more than one kind of stress? Uh, I don't really focus on that as much as far as the different types of stress. I Mm -hmm. am more about teaching people. So basically I believe the reason we go into stress is our head controls our, this little voice in our head controls our life. Our subconscious brains controls our life. We all know about our conscious brain, which is your left and your right brain where you are, um, your logic is, your creativity is, but we're only using about 5% of our conscious brain. People don't realize that. And they've proven this scientifically. Five to 10% of our conscious brain is being used. The rest of it is being controlled by our subconscious brain, which was ingrained in us from a very young age. So it's not really us. It's our parents and their parents and all these belief systems that got passed on to us is how we tend to react to the world. So what I do is I teach people 
how to move out of your subconscious brain, that voice in your head, into the brains that you should be listened to. And, and we have three brains that we need to listen to. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know you had three brains? Tell me more, please. Oh, there went my light. Um, so there's three brains that we have. There's the head brain that we're the conscious brain, which part of the biggest part of that that's controlling our life is the subconscious brain. The second brain is our heart brain. The heart brain is actually the strongest brain in our body. And that's been proven again scientifically by the Heart Math Institute. And then the third brain is our gut brain. You know that clenching you get in your gut when you're like feeling uneasy about something or something doesn't feel right. So you you get a clenching feeling. That's a brain. And what we want to do and what I teach people to do is how to listen to the three brains instead of just the one brain. And let's see if I can get my light to come back on. But um, so I, I guess that makes me think about like the fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of what mm -hmm. you're talking about with a gut stuff? Yeah. Yeah. In a sense. And that's actually the fight or flight is why I almost, why I got sick and almost died is my adrenal glands were shutting down. Your adrenal glands drive the fight or flight in your body. And when you're not listening and you're tensing up all the time and you run in stress, your body starts to break down. And yeah. so the gut brain, let me explain that a little bit more is there's a vagus nerve or the vagal nerve that runs from your brain stem down to all your organs. And they say that they've proven this scientifically, that 90% of the messages are coming from your gut to your brain than vice versa. So your brain's not controlling things, your gut is. And then 60, your heart is 60 times more powerful and 60 times more messages up to your conscious brain than vice versa. So in reality, your gut and your heart are controlling your conscious brain um, but and we're talking most, our physical organs, like their physical mm -hmm. heart and our physical stomach with the intestines Absolutely. and the gut barrier, all of that stuff. You got it. Yeah. And so when you learn to listen to your body, because we're taught not to, you know, we're taught go after success and money, be successful, go after what's going to make you money, not necessarily what's going to fill your heart. And when you do that, when you don't follow your heart and what fills you up, but you go after the material things and success and money and that type of thing, oftentimes you're shutting down listening to your body. And that's when your body starts to shut down itself. And so when you listen to your heart and listen to your gut brain, and I'll teach you some tools today to do that. But when you listen to your heart and your gut, they are actually your intuition. They are 100% correct 100% of the time when you listen to them. But we were as young children, we were often said, oh, don't wear your heart on your sleeve or don't be so sensitive or don't worry about how you feel. You got to follow this. You got to do what's going to make you money or you got to do what's right. And that is where people start to shut down. And so, and that's exactly, yeah. So, so those what butterflies I do is, that you get in your stomach, yeah. like that nervousness, that's, is that what would you would consider all part of this? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, okay, so let me just run you through a little exercise so you can feel your heart rate. Okay. And so if you think, how old are your, what's your youngest child? She's five. Oh, okay. So usually I ask people to think of a pet or a child when they do this exercise. And the reason why is they love you unconditionally. They look at you with adoration and they're not judging where spouses and older teenage kids and friends might judge a little bit. So when I want people to warm their heart, I want them to think about something that they feel really good about. And often it's a pet or a baby or a place they love to be. 
And so I want you to just warm your heart thinking of something like that. And then I want you to say a truth statement. And so say your name. My name is Marla and my heart will stay warm. So go ahead, warm your heart. Think of something you love. And then say, my name is. My name is April and help me with the second half. (laughs) And your heart stayed warm, right? And my heart stays warm. Okay, right. You felt that? Could you feel your heart same? Could you feel your heart warm up when you think of a pet or a baby or a yeah, place? Yeah, my little my little daughter. She is just the lovely loveliest. I can't say it. She is loving the list. most lovey dovey <laughs> child yeah. you ever met, and she just you know pours out adoration and you know mm-hmm. love, and she is very um, affirmative in that way. Yeah. Right. Okay. So good. So you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I want you. So now I want you to. Um, say a, a lie. I want you to warm up your heart thinking about your daughter. And then I want you to say a lie and then tell me how your heart feels. So warm your heart. And what kind of vibe would we be going with here? So I would <laughs> say my name is Jorge or something that it's not. I say it one more time. Say my name is Jorge or my name oh, is George. Oh or, yeah. My name is Frank. Feels. Do you feel your heart cool when you say that? Yeah, not true. I don't know why in very well. Right, exactly. (laughs) And your body is telling you that. It's your body that's reacting when you lie. So if you, you know how you can often, you're in a room and somebody's talking and you kind of know they're not telling the truth. You get this Mm -hmm. feeling that's your body talking. It's not necessarily your head. It's your body telling you, well, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't Mm. feel good. And those are the feelings you were told to shut down often when you were young. And so when you learn to listen to this feeling in your body, whether it's a gut feeling or a feeling in your heart, that is the truth. And the reason I teach this is when people go into stress mode, it's because they're living in that voice in their head, that little subconscious brain that goes over and over again. There's a a professor out of the UK who does his whole life has been around studying um, people that get stuck in their head that voice in their head. He calls it rumination. Uh, They get stuck in negative beliefs. Like, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not going to succeed working at home or saying things like that to yourself where you're just saying, well, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. When people are doing that, they put themselves in this negative spin and it's all coming from the subconscious brain. When Mm -hmm. they stop, and so what I do is I teach people to get calm and stop and listen to their heart and get and go, and turn that instead of saying, I can't do that, they turn it and say, wow, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. I'm talented enough. I, I can do that. And when their heart starts warming, they know they can because it's the voice that's keeping them in the fear or the doubt or that I'm not enough. And so it all starts with learning to get in the present moment. And you know how hard it is for a driven, hardworking leader, whether you work in your own company or you work for somebody else, you know how hard it is to just get present in the moment. It's really hard because we always have a lot to do and we're always going a thousand miles an hour. And so what I do is I'm just going to walk you through a couple of the exercises I do that I recommend everybody starts their day with. I have in my book, five daily being steps. And when people spend five minutes doing these five steps, they can actually start their day better and have it go better than if they don't. My clients tell me it's one of their most favorite things. 
And that out of all the things that I've taught them, once they've gotten to a calmer state, that if they don't start their day with their five steps, that they have a tough day. And if they do Mm -hmm. start their day with their five steps, they have a much better day. So I think that's going to be the value for your followers and your listeners today is learning those five steps and how, how to get into them. So, and they follow the word being. And so you just have to think of the word being to get there. And so the first one is be, which means get into the being zone. And the way you do that, the first step is breathing. And so we tend to shallow breathe. And when we shallow breathe, our body isn't getting oxygenated. Our brain is not working as well. We're not functioning as well in the world. Our blood pressure goes up. There's all kinds of negative things because we're not. So let's just take a minute and breathe. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to do what I call three-part breathing. We're going to breathe in through our nose. We're going to hold it for a count of three. We're going to then release through our mouth, letting go of all the stress, the overwhelm, and the tension. So just take a deep breath in through your nose and hold and release through your mouth. Do you count a certain number of counts for that? Yeah, I'm counting in my head three. So again, we're going to take a deep breath in. And when you take the deep breath in and you're kind of counting to three in your head, I want you to just fill your body with air. So it's not just going shallow. It's going throughout your entire body. So take another deep breath in. Hold. And let it all go through your mouth, letting go of stress. One more time, a deep breath in. And let it go. Now tell me you don't feel calmer already. Breathing exercises definitely help. And it's not something that I always believed in until I started to struggle with some anxiety. I didn't know even the name of it. I just knew that I was having a hard time breathing for a few months. You know, there was a stressful time Mm -hmm. in our life and I thought something was wrong with my lungs. And I read that a lot of people even will like give up smoking or go get x-rays and all these things and um this is an interesting kind of personal story i found a website one day and it was some guy in chicago um i don't know what his title was some doctor and he you know was like an anxiety doctor or coach or something like that and he taught you know breathing exercises and and relating to anxiety and it was the first day that i knew i had anxiety because i just finally had a name to put to it And the second thing is that I was able to have a tool that helped me. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could get a full breath. Um, I would breathe in and in and in, trying to get, you know, up, you know, Mm -hmm. the the air in. But he taught you how to exhale, exhale completely to be able to get that restorative breath. Well, um, three hours later, I got a phone call that my mom was going into surgery and that she likely had cancer. And she did. Mm. She almost died. Um, I got on a, mm. I got on a um, train that night. And took a train like twelve hours back up back home. Um, we only had one car and we had babies. And so I just left my husband with the baby and the babies, and just left. And it was it was amazing because that thing that I had read that morning it had basically cured me of this thing that I was struggling with for like six months. And it gave me that extra, um, I guess, just the presence that I needed, you know, to help my mom through this really terrible time. Right, right. And you probably helped her with breathing with she. I've coached a lot of people going into surgeries because when you go into surgery in a very calm state, you actually have 
of more successful surgery and mm. get through it easier. And then it's also amazing for recovery. So I do get a lot of clients that call me saying, okay, I'm going to have surgery in a month. I had somebody who had a brain tumor and it was a really scary thing. And we spent a lot of time taking away the fear around that brain tumor, did mm. a lot of breathing exercises. But part of my thing, when I talk about worry and stress was anxiety. And you're right. Yeah. So many people that come to me that end up with like panic attacks and stuff, don't understand why their body's doing this. Just like mm. I didn't understand why I kept getting all these weird diseases. I would just try to, you know, if I got a headache, I'd take a, a, a aspirin or a Tylenol. If I got anxiety, I would, um, you know, try to run or do things that I thought would calm it. But in reality, you have got to learn to breathe and calm your system. And our head, this voice in the head that I keep talking about, controls us. And so if you think about it, your anxiety came when you start worrying about things and how you're going to get things done or if you're going to make enough money and if you're going to be successful and how this is all going to work. Your, your, this little voice just keeps going around and around and around until you learn to quiet it. And to turn it off, your rent, your life is run by that. And so that's why I teach yeah. people to listen to their body and listen to their heart and their gut in concert with their concept brain, their conscious brain, because that's where they're going to have the calm. Let me teach you another tool. So when you feel, when you are starting your day and you have a lot on your plate and you start the day with maybe you even woke up because of your dreams with tension in your neck or your shoulders or your jaw, you might have clenched your jaw at night. A lot of people, I used to be a teeth grinder, um, right? And so learning to wake up and get rid of kind of that tension, that stress and that stuff that you're dealing with, it's a very simple visualization. Are you okay with me walking you through that? Yeah, and I actually have like constant tension and stress in my shoulders. So let's go for it. <laughs> it should help you then. Good, good, good. And hopefully many of your listeners have the same thing and can, can benefit from this. So please follow along. So what I want you to do, and you can close your eyes. It's more, um, it works better if you're at home. Just go ahead and close your eyes. And it's up to you, April, whether you close yours or not. But I want you to close your eyes and I want you to visualize a bubble floating above your head. The type of bubble that a child would blow. Once you see that bubble, I want you to see inside that bubble a magnet. And I want you to know that that magnet is the most powerful magnet in the world. And that magnet is going to pull out of you all that tightness, that tension, that stress that's sitting in your neck, your head, your shoulders. It's just going to pull it right out. So feel that magnet just sucking it right out of your neck, your head, your shoulders, your body. All that tension, all that worry, all that stress, anxiety, getting pulled up and pulled up in that bubble. It's going to get bigger and bigger and darker and darker, and just visualize that it's just going to keep floating above your head. So it's getting bigger and bigger and darker and darker as you continue to just pull and pull and pull and pull all that stress, that craziness out of your head, all the busyness and tension. Just feel just getting pulled right out and pulled right out and pulled right out. Feel your neck and your shoulders getting lighter as it gets pulled out and pulled out and pulled out. And when your body feels lighter and not as tense, I want you to visualize that you're reaching up, touching that bubble, and it's going to float up into the universe and dissipate. And then when you're ready and it floats up, I want you to just take another deep breath.
will have to practice these kinds of visualizations because it's not part of my normal routine. Yeah. Did it work at all for you? Did you feel it? I feel good. Okay. Okay. So usually, unless people are too tense and too tight, that's going to be a very effective tool. So you've got a lot of tension that you're carrying. So listen to this again and just keep practicing it and practice it till you can actually feel it pull out because everybody has the ability to visualize. I mean, I've coached a few Olympic and collegiate level athletes and world athletes of different levels. And what I found with each one of them, visualization is an extremely powerful way for them to get to where they wanna be. And part of what you want is to live a stress-free, non-tense, non-anxiety life and live in the flow and be extremely successful. And the way you will get there is part of it is through this, a lot of visualization, even meditation, relaxation exercises are all related somewhat to a visualization. And so learning to, and it's your, it's your um, subconscious brain, by the way, that's keeping you from doing it really effectively. That little voice. Well, you know, I have um, some injuries you know, from like okay. maybe car accidents and things like that. And yeah, um, okay. a little bit of spine so, curvature. So we're working with some physical yeah. things as well as the stress related things. And I do have yeah. a good chiropractor and a good massage therapist okay. who I have been seeing a little bit more frequently um, okay. as I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. And I have felt better in the last good. week or two than I have in months. Yeah. So. Excellent. Perfect. And you're right. Chiropractors, um, you know, massage um, therapist type people or physical therapists, but there's also um, acupuncture. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but only that when helps. I was trying to have a baby. Okay. <laughs> Get this baby out, whatever it takes. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. That's sweet. Anyway, but acupuncture might be helpful for that too. Um, yeah. To get the energy because it's kind of getting, and uh, so I used to, when I was in corporate America and I was popping the, Tylenol and whatever to get through headaches. I had headaches mm. all the time and I just pushed yeah. through. I, I just ignored them and I pushed through. And I had a lot of really tense neck and shoulder issues. Yeah. I went to a cranial sacral specialist. She's a type of massage person. What mm -hmm. she does is she takes her fingers and she touches the blood vessels and she knows where they are in your body. And she finds the little knots and she gets them to release. And mm -hmm. my, after three sessions, my head, I never had another headache. Those trigger points. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, another, another so, thought. Um, ulcers are another kind of stress-related physical response. I think your body has to, at some point, it can't just hold it all in and it's going to express itself in one way or another. Exactly. Yeah. Thankfully, I, I haven't experienced have, those, but. I did. <laughs> I yeah. had them all. I had ulcers. I had chronic fatigue. And by the way, for listeners out there that had chronic fatigue and maybe came home because of that, that was yeah. one of my first um, ulcers was my first. Second was the chronic fatigue. And they told me I'd always have it. I don't. Mm. You oh, can wow, move then. beyond. And I've had clients with fibromyalgia. You can move beyond chronic fatigue. You can move beyond ulcers. You can move beyond um, fibromyalgia. You can move beyond panic attacks. All of those things are your body telling you to stop and listen. And then when you learn to listen to your heart and your gut and follow those, 
that is when you kind of know how to find your way through the world each day when you're really tuned into those and listening. And um, nobody has, I used to think all those things were normal. I thought clenched jaws, grinding teeth, headaches, uh, tension. I thought everybody had them and it was just completely normal. It's part of life. And it's not, I don't have any of those anymore, except for when I worked out too hard on weights, I'll get tight shoulders but yeah. it's not <laughs> anymore. And I'm doing a lot. I just finished writing a book. I'm creating a trading program. I coach all the time I'm speaking. And so it's not like I'm not juggling a lot of things, but I never, and I learned, I actually was staying in this calm state, the being zone through the end of my corporate career too. And so mm -hmm. it's possible for anybody, no matter what your circumstances are to learn to live in the calm or the being zone. I have uh, also identified what I eat can really mm -hmm. affect my mood. Um, yeah. I have had to learn a few things about inflammatory foods versus anti-inflammatory foods. And if I'm starting to struggle, um, you know what? Uh, last week I was, um, I often have a spinach smoothie and it's like full of spinach. Let me just say spinach and yeah. bananas and some blueberries and maybe some almond milk and stuff like that. I have kind of this thing I just throw together. Um, I've learned that if it doesn't have the banana, it doesn't have the right consistency. And if it doesn't have that one extra fruit, such as blueberries or raspberries or strawberries or something, it doesn't have a sweet enough flavor for me. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, if I don't have that smoothie, I am more likely to have the headaches. I'm more likely to have um, mm -hmm. muscle tightness. And mm -hmm. I've learned now, you know, <laughs> in retrospect, I didn't, you know, I didn't figure it out until recently, but it's probably that magnesium the potassium, mm -hmm. the things that are in those, mm -hmm. that spinach. I thought I was just trying to be healthy, get nutrients and maybe lose weight and right. not really realizing that, you know, some of these foods are really healing. Um, talking right. with that dietitian, the registered dietitian the other day, she did talk a little bit about food and how it relates to stress um, and inflammation. Mm -hmm. Is that part of your package as well or not as much? Inflammation is the bottom line behind illness in your body. Yeah. And so every disease that I had from the ones that I've all named and final, the one that almost mm -hmm. killed me, my adrenal glands were shutting down. Yep. But no matter what your disease is, whether it's fibromyalgia or whatever it is, um, is related to inflammation in your body. And then when you're listening and tuned into your body, you know, when your body starts to get inflamed, I'm very aware if I get a um, starting to get a cold start, I never get colds anymore either. I start to get them and I'm in tune to the inflammation I start to feel or the swelling or my lymph glands will start to feel different. I am on it like, you know, tomorrow because I'm listening mm -hmm. to my body. And so really the difference between health and happiness and kind of overwhelm and stress and suffering is listening to your body and recognizing inflammation when it shows up because inflammation is kind of the foundation of illness. And food, yeah. you are absolutely 100% correct. I'm uh, gluten-free now, and I grew up on bread. I loved bread. My grandma yep, made homemade bread. I'm a bread lady. Yep. Um, and then I went to the doctor because I was getting all this inflammation. And what yep. was the other? There were a couple symptoms I was getting. And she goes, I'm going to test you for something. And so she tested me for, for gluten. And I'm like, no, don't take bread away from me. I know. And so... Yeah. So I quit eating. I, I'll eat gluten-free bread and that type of thing, but I'm really less bread oriented now. But what I got to tell you is if you go mostly without, because you can have things like um, quinoa, you can still have a lot of things that are not bread or, or wheat based. Um, 
And I do really good. So when I do want a really luscious piece of homemade bread, I can have it and I do fine. But you yep. do just like I had pizza. My sister was in town and we had pizza last weekend. I got inflammation. I had reactions. So listen to your body, know what works, yeah. know what food works for you and what doesn't. You have to make that decision. Like, I know that if I eat this, I might enjoy it in the moment, but there's going to be a price to pay. Is it worth yeah. it? Uh, we have a um, a child who uh, recently we discovered that she's like basically one step away from celiac. And so we had to, and it was like literally one week before all of the shutdowns happened here in the U.S. Um, in the early March that we, you know, discovered this and we had to make a big change in our diet, you know, yeah. and all of a sudden some of these gluten-free alternatives and things, you know, especially for a very, 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 very picky eater. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we had to find some substitutes that would work that she would accept. And yes. it's expensive. Um, you know, it we're going to have to gradually, like over the course of a year, you know, continue to make these substitutions and find things that she will eat as an alternative, not just to the gluten or the bread, but also just all wheat. Um, right now right. we eat a lot of rice um, mm -hmm. and rice isn't that great either. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a gradual yeah. process, but honestly, the mood, um, you know, not only her mood, but you know, a lot of us, uh, I think it actually helped us a lot with that transition into the pandemic and the shutdowns and staying home. Um, mm -hmm. Her having a different diet, mm -hmm. uh, I think has really helped reduce her stress um, yeah. and made that transition a little easier. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all really, see, you're really intuitive to keying into these things. And I have a, uh, my nephew's wife is celiac, but she controls it quite well. But I truly believe you said your daughter was one step away. I believe you don't have to go there. I believe you yeah. can stop it just like you're doing and changing diet and really focusing on what's affecting your body. And the reason that people are more in these days than I think in the old days is when they used to grow wheat and product on the farm it was all very natural all these Organic. pesticides <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and so the cost is a lot more expensive but the the quality so if you had a loaf of bread from italy she may not react to that you know i've heard that people who travel to italy you know mm -hmm. they don't feel sick until they come yeah. back and then yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. because of the quality of their oils over there, the quality of their bread and their wheat. It's all very natural. It's not just, you know, mass produced yeah. with lots of pesticides. So <laughs> the GMOs, it's it's, yeah. um, you know, I, I know it's a very controversial topic and we should probably move on. But yeah, yeah. Um, just having that awareness, like some people and I told mm -hmm. my daughter, I said, some people won't react to this food the way that you do. They'll never mm -hmm. feel you know, the bad effects because their body just handles it. And, you know, some mm -hmm. of us are just more sensitive and yeah. we just have to be aware. And like, we actually had this conversation like yesterday because food dye was another thing. Some kids can just eat food dye and not have a reaction. And she has, you know, actually all three of my children get very wild, um, mm -hmm. very hyper. And mm -hmm. if we don't have the food dye, then, you know, we're, no we're at our baseline. I won't say that we're necessarily mm -hmm. normal. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. know, we're at our baseline. And you were talking earlier about you have to remind me the the little children and the way that they operate in the brain. Was it theta? Theta state. Yeah. That so same, just breathing with them will calm them. Yeah. Getting them. And thankfully, their their school has taught some of that too, and I appreciate yeah. that. Um, they work with yeah. some of these children that are, 
you know, they just have some extra sensory things or stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, that child never was very calm, even as a child, mm -hmm. as a baby. Like, mm -hmm. when you're talking about, like, think of a child, I'm like, well, not my eldest. <laughs> um, yeah. And we actually have experienced a lot more calm in this year. And I think yeah. not having to go out to school every day, um, being home mm -hmm. and doing online school, not having to mm -hmm. rush out the door. Like, this is yeah. kind of like a year of healing for our family, especially yes. with, you know, that high-intensity child that we have. Um, yes. I'm hoping that when we come through at the end of this, that next year she'll be anxious to go to school in a yeah. positive way, you know? Yeah. So, But you're right. This COVID has been a gift in many ways for allowing families to slow down because we were really that driven material success thing, trying to do everything and trying to have the perfect child and make sure they're involved in all the right activities. And all that stress and that movement is actually not good for their system. They need downtime. Right. And COVID yeah. has given them that downtime. And even though it's stressful for parents because you got kids online at home and you're juggling even more. Um, home it's all the time. I know, right? Yeah, and you never are off. You're, you, you're full time. But you, you learn to kind of ebb and flow through that and what works and doesn't. But letting kids yeah. just be kids. Um, my oldest is a lot like your oldest. So I totally connect to what you're saying. Mine's much older now. Um, but when he was young, he had old so much energy and would get stressed really easy and wasn't sleeping well and had all kinds of things. And really the best thing for him was he was in every sport he could be in because running, being outside was extremely healing to him and very calming to him. So I, we had a property where we used to go camp on and he just mm -hmm. used to spend hours kind of floating through the woods and building wow. camps and doing whatever. And that was the healthiest thing for my wow. son to teach him how to kind of get in the zone. And, you know, every child's different, mm -hmm. what's going to work for them. But there are so many things you can do as a parent. If you have that hyper energetic kid, that's a little more intense and gets stressed easily is you know, being in nature actually is they have proven it's extremely calming. They call it yeah. earthing. And even just going outside in the summertime, barefoot in the grass calms the system because you're picking up negative electrons from the earth and it calms your entire body. And so it's another tool and technique. I grew up in the country and now we live in, you know, a very urban area. Well, we're in the mm -hmm. suburbs really, but, you know, it's sidewalks and we don't even have grass. Mm -hmm. um, we only have a tiny little bitty, like we're talking like six foot by three foot patch of grass mm -hmm. in our front yard. That's all we get. But um, the yeah. kids have gravitate towards that even, um, yeah. you know, and we're talking about all this and people are probably like, how does this relate to working from home? <laughs> but yeah. it does not only for our own self, but especially if we're managing, you know, children, managing might not be, but be the right uh, word, parenting, you know, children who are also dealing with stress. Um, yeah. One thing that we've learned is that electronics can kind of stimulate mm -hmm. all these maybe not necessarily positive things in our children and taking mm -hmm. a break from electronics is really healthy for them. But mm -hmm. we're working parents. We're both trying, like I'm, I'm trying to have an interview right now while my husband is preparing for a meeting and I've got three kids who are in online school and we're trying to deal with things. And sometimes it's easier to just hand that five-year-old an iPad and say, just yeah. go watch a show. Yeah. Uh, and the other two, obviously, you know, they have homework they should be doing, but are they just watching YouTube in another tab? Yeah, they probably are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and so like maybe managing stress by taking away the electronics, you know, just to help them kind of reset. It makes mm -hmm. our life a little bit more stressful because they're not like 
vegging out with a show, right. like right. they, you know, they and, can. Yeah. And even if people have issues sleeping, you know, when you work from home and you work all the time and it's yeah. hard to turn off. Um, so tied to this whole concept of technology, you do need to turn off and wind down. And they talk about the white noise from the electronics and how it affects your brain. It's hard to wind down and go to sleep when you yeah. have your iPad or your iPhone on. Even reading books on the iPad in bed is not yeah. as good as reading a book. Right. That blue light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually light, have two. Light is, yeah. <laughs> I have two pairs of glasses that are identical. Um, mm -hmm. And one of them has the blue blocker, um, okay. you know, film on it. And the other one for mm -hmm. recording, it doesn't. So it doesn't reflect. It doesn't make my eyes look so blue. But I mean, that really isn't enough. I do turn down the brightness. I actually just did it. Mm -hmm. I turned down the brightness on my laptop. So if I am using it, I have it at like the lowest light setting as I can still function with right. without straining my eyes. Um, yeah. Just to not have quite so much. And I have worked third shift. So yeah. really having to be conscious of that circadian rhythm and like being mm -hmm. on an off shift, um, yes. you kind of almost have to like unnaturally reset your clock to, you know, be able to function. So anyway, yeah. Marla, I want to actually change gears a little bit and okay. talk a little bit more about your transition to working okay. from home. When you came home, you were sick yeah. and you were making that, I don't know, had you been managing your stress better in that course of those like three or four years where you transitioned? Or did mm -hmm. you really need to come home to really start, start to to feel well again? Um, I had already started to feel well because I had actually taken a year off of working in corporate America before I went back as a consultant to them. Okay. And so that healing, it really, I had to stop. That's how bad it was. I had to stop yeah. and just focus. And I had to learn to do things like meditation. And I talk about a type A person turning off their brain. Come on. Then yeah. wasn't easy right and so I tended to um, do meditation by walking around I learned how to kind of do it by walking a trail slowly and just being in tune to everything versus trying mm -hmm. to sit and turn off the type a personnel have a difficult time turning off so yeah. anyway so I went through a year of healing then I went back as a consultant and I really never got sick in those four years okay. and then I moved into working from home but working from home so here's the challenges is you, like I said, you can work easy a 12 hour day. Yep. You can just go, go, go and not even realize it. And I still do it from time to time where I have a yeah. lot on my plate. I'll start at 6 a.m. and I'm not off till 6 p.m. And then I've got, oh my gosh, what have I done? I need to go take a break. I need to, yeah. and I barely take time for lunch. You eat while you're working, you mm -hmm. know, and there's all kinds of things you tend to do as an at home person. And it affects your health. It affects your well-being. So I highly recommend a couple things that have worked really, really well for me. And one of them is building in what I call a happiness boosting activity into every single day. And so whether it's morning, when you first get up, you know, it's my five daily being steps. And I want to touch on those before we hang up. But um, happiness boosting is outside of those. But what it is, is do something you really love to do because it fills you up from the inside out and calms your system. And so every single day, without exception, I'm walking or hiking because that's my thing. I have a dog, right? And so if you have a dog that gets you out the door, if you have kids, you can go to a park. Um, it might be art. It might be music. It might be golf. It might be, but try to build one thing, even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you have, but one happiness boosting activity into every single day because it actually calms your system to get just into the zone with something that really makes you happy. 
And mm. so, and different people, different things make them happy. Some people love to just sit and read quietly or write. What, what do you love to do that I you never take time for? Yeah. Uh, my children have really been interested in biking recently. And sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just bike in the neighborhood and sometimes they'll go on a little bit bigger, you know, trip. But yeah. um, I bought this thing in August, like a month before my birthday, and it's called a Street Strider. So it's kind of like an elliptical um, yeah. machine. Yeah. That's a bike. So wow. basically you stand on it and you do the elliptical motion with your feet and then you have yeah. the elliptical, you know, arm things moving Arms. and you basically just bike around the neighborhood. And it's wow. really weird. Like it looks funny. It kind so of turns heads weird. and it yeah. makes people smile. And like, I'll be biking along and people are like, that's really fun. You know, they'll say something <laughs> like normally if you just see someone biking, people will just kind of keep to themselves, you know? Yeah. Um, and here I'm like literally getting people to smile and like, they'll say, what is that thing called? You know, I and, love it. um, and it actually is a really <laughs> serious workout. Yeah. So I really, I get one of those. that sounds amazing. It is really fun. Um, it was a little bit trickier to ride than I expected. The lady mm-hmm. who sold it to me, she's like, um, you're going to have to wear a helmet and you might want to have someone walk alongside of you the first few. It's like right, learning how to ride a bike again for the first time. You have to yeah. be careful because um, if you lose your balance, actually, that's how you turn. So, like, if mm-hmm. I were to, like, look over my shoulder to see if there's any traffic coming behind me, I could that. accidentally veer into traffic. <laughs> so, you have to kind wow. of learn how to ride it carefully. But, yeah, I'm, as soon as you started talking about this happiness thing, I'm like, you know what? That street strider has really been that thing for me. Mm. Nice. Good. So everybody think about there because it does make a big difference. Um, But you do need to pay attention and try to have some what set hours. It's tough because we all have jobs where we're maybe interviewing people or needing to meet with other people. But nowadays I'm an early riser. So I get up and I do my five daily being steps in the morning and I take a long time for mine because I really, I just love that part of my day. It's like my favorite Mm -hmm. part in the morning. Um, but when you're busy parents and you're on a schedule, sometimes it's hard to build too much in. So five minutes, like I said, you can do it in five. Um, mm-hmm. But doing that and then have a set time where you stop. You know, if you have yeah. to talk to somebody overseas or do something, you can build that in once in a while. But if you have a set stop time and, that, and then do your happiness boosting, it really can make a big difference in your health, mm-hmm. your life, your inflammation, everything. And paying attention, like you said, to your technology and when to turn off your food and when to turn off. But should we jump into my five steps? Yeah. So we've got B is breathing, number one. And then what do we got? So number one is breathing. And some people like, and I always say breathing no matter what, but then add to that a short visualization or a short um, relaxation. And it can be really short. Like you can just take, let me just take you through a really short relaxation exercise so you can feel how quickly you can get into a relaxed mode. Again, it's a visualization, so we'll see how you do. But I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to visualize that you're laying on a hammock and you're in Hawaii and it's a white sand beach and no one's on it. Just you and your hammock. And the wind is just lightly blowing. You can hear the waves going in and out. You can hear the tropical birds. You can smell the tropical flowers. You feel the warmth of sun coming down through the palm trees that your hammock is hung between and feeling that warm light filtering through, warming your body and your soul. And your entire body just goes into this completely relaxed mode of relaxation in this beautiful setting 
in this beautiful place. And you're just calming your system. Your body slows down. Your heart rate slows down. And you just feel the rim, rhythm of your breath slowly going in and out, almost in time with the waves, slowly going in and out. So do you feel more relaxed? Just kind of listening to that relaxation. Yes. And okay. like I said before, it's going to take me practice because yeah. I think I'm a little bit like you, you have described, like, don't settle very easily. Yeah. You know, usually yeah. I am trying to learn something or do something or go somewhere mm -hmm. or organize something or meet with people or talk with people. So right. I have learned over time that it's hard for me to just rest and pet my yeah. cat, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's hard for me to not try to multitask. Yeah. 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 And that's what I called myself the multitasking queen. And I thought that was a good thing to be. No. And when you're a parent, you have to do it to some degree, but really taking time for you and to pet your cat or to do your street streak or whatever it's called. Street strider. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> street strider. <laughs> that's true. Um, doing those things are so, so important. Okay. So breathing and doing a relaxation or meditation, if you're capable, again, I wasn't capable. What I talked about is the other option. If you don't like the relaxation thing is to do meditation by walking around. And that takes a little bit more, but even walking into your yard and feeling and touching the plants and really paying attention to the different leaves and how they feel is a calming thing for your system. So that's another B step item that you could do. I actually have a cheat sheet that gives people options for this, the different things that they can do because no one's alike, right? You're reacting differently than I might. Okay, yeah. so then the next step is the E step. And that's what we already did with the bubble. We're pulling that heavy energy out of us, the tightness, the tension, the things. So the E step energy is getting rid of the bad stuff, which is that bubble in the magnet. But let me give you bring in good energy. So it's another visualization. And let's just see if you can do it. Okay, so I want you to just visualize, close your eyes and visualize that you're a tree standing tall and proud out in your field. And I want you to feel the sun's rays coming down and you're all by yourself out on the top of this knoll, this tree, whatever type of tree you want. And I want you to feel the sun's rays coming down and warming your branches and your leaves, which are your neck and your head and your shoulders. Feel that warmth just warming up the top of your body and then feel that warmth flowing down through your body all the way to your feet where your entire trunk is full of this warm sunlight. And then the roots of your tree are flowing out the bottom of your feet into the soils of Mother Earth and tying into the crystalline layer within her core. And then I want you to feel the powerful energy from that crystalline layer going back up those roots into the bottom of your feet and the bottom of your feet begin to tingle and warm. And then you're gonna allow that warmth and that tingling to move up into your calves, up into your thighs. You're gonna feel a move across your hips, up into your core. Feel it move all the way up into your neck and head, across your shoulders, down your arms to your fingertips, and then turn up the volume. I went a little fast for beginner, but I know we're going to be short of time. But basically, this visualization will bring positive energy into you. Some people only feel it a little bit. So tell me what your experience was. Were you able to feel the sunlight come down through you? Maybe not in the same sense as that what you were thinking, but one mm -hmm. thing that has been 
working with me recently is doing something similar, but doing more of like a muscle, like um, mm-hmm. tighten my muscles and then let yes. them relax. And yes. that has been more effective for me recently. Yes. And that's another tool that I teach. And it's, like I said, everybody's different. And so if, for people that are listening that tried it, a lot of people may only feel it in their feet when it comes back up from the earth. Some may, people may feel it all the way through. It just depends on how tense you are and how tight and how wound you are. The more wound you are, the less you're going to feel it. The more relaxed you are the more you're going to feel it. But with practice, you can get, everybody can feel it. Cause I used to be that wound person all completely 100% wound. And so I just know that you can get there. Okay. Okay. So and that's I also the... have a little pressure on me because I am on camera or <laughs> people oh, are yeah, listening to me. True. So <laughs> that's true. But I love your honesty and that you're really saying what it's doing for you because like I said, everybody's different. Right. Okay. So that's when I'm laying in bed, it might be a little bit easier for me to go back through and think, you know, through some of these kinds of, um, you know, tools. And one thing in bed, you can lay and visualize there's a trap door at the back of you and open it up and just let all the day's stress drop out. That's another Mm. visualization you can do when you're in bed. I Mm. help help a lot of people go from having tough time sleeping into sleeping. So I I know a lot of little tools in that area. Okay. So the third step is intentions and all we all know, we all set goals and we're all trying to get somewhere. But what I mean by intentions is your daily intention on how you want your day to go instead of going, you know, trying to just reach that goal. It might be part of your intention, but like if you're trying to drive to Philadelphia, you need a map, right? And so if you start your day just looking at your to-do list, you're starting in on mode. And what I'm saying here is I want saying something like I intend for my day to go with ease and grace. When you have an intention of how you want your day to feel and experience in that moment, you can set yourself up for more of that type of day. So saying it and meaning it that I intend. So the I step is intention and intention for I expect for all my meetings to go with ease and for everything to be wonderful on my interviews. Right. And so you just want to say what you do want and have some clarity without necessarily tying it to your overall goal, but somewhat is tied. You know, you want your interviews to go well. Okay. So that's the third step. If you don't Mm -hmm. mind me interrupting for me, um, I don't naturally just speak to myself very much. I know some people are more likely to, you know, to practice these, you know, positive affirmations and speak things into their own life and things like that. Yeah. What I'm more likely to do is tell someone, okay, tell my husband, like, this is, this yeah. is my plan for today. And this is how I want it to go. Like yeah. that to me, like this is, I have to kind of take what you're saying and think, you know, how could that fit into who I am? Perfect. You know, how I can I use it. this and, you know, make it my own? Yeah, that's awesome. Perfect. And there's a lot of people that will need to do it that way. And that's okay. Um, the next step is actually kind of tied. It's the end step for, for being and the mm-hmm. N is North, your true North. So all of us kind of know where we're going and what we want to do. So just affirming that. So if that's to your husband too, um, that's perfectly fine. Um, but I might say, as I know I'm in the world to help people transform their lives into calmer places, you know, existing in the being zone. And mm-hmm. I say it to myself, I feel it in every ounce of my body. And when I keep telling my body that, my whole body and my whole mind and my whole self lines up with that. And then the last step is the G step and that's guidance, uh, looking for guidance from something beyond yourself. And I, you don't have to be religious. You don't even have to be spiritual. You just have to trust 
that there's something bigger than you or more than you in the world that you can listen to and trust. And so I know you were involved in a church, so you're more on the religious side, but not everybody's there. And so call it whatever you want. You know, I have one client that calls it George because he doesn't believe in God and he doesn't have a spiritual connection. And so he just talks to George and that's mm. perfect. It doesn't matter. But, you know, a lot of people are comfortable with the word source or universe, but just, I say something like, um, please guide me on what's best for me today and my clients. And, you know, I'm open to all messages and I will listen and, but just really looking for guidance and listening to it. I get my ahas. I get my wake ups. I get a lot of the things I'm doing in life are a result of that asking. And so those are the five steps, you know, B E breathing, energy, intention, affirmation of your true north and asking for guidance, spending five minutes in the morning um, doing that is so in your case, you might put them out of order. You might do the B and the E and the G on your own, then go to your husband on the I and the A. So, yeah. Um, when you're talking about some of the, the finding your true north and speaking these things, um, you know, this is what I do and this is how I expect it to go. Do you write these things down and read them? I know some people do and some people have just memorized and internalized that. I have both. Um, I have it all in my phone and my notepad. Yeah. And I pull it up every morning because mine's really involved. I'm in a trance for like an hour doing this wow. work. Because I have time now. I get up at five to do that. Wow. I start my day at six, right? So I'm up at five and I'm doing my my daily work just because it puts me in such amazing zone. Mm -hmm. I, I If I skip it, I don't feel good. But again, if I'm on a, going on a trip or heading out the door, I can do it in five minutes. Yeah. I know exactly that I do in my head because I know it, right? But when I do the long, intense one, I remind myself of the things I want to do because I'm calling in assistance like I'm calling I've been uh, worked in a or involved in Sundance and Native American traditions so I'm calling in the grandfathers and the grandmothers and the spirit guides as we do in the Native American tradition and that's pretty amazing too and so there's just a lot of ways to do it but um, if you just take five minutes build that into your day um, that will help. Marla when did you write your book? I just published it in September. So it's brand new on the market. It almost hit bestseller in the first week, which is really exciting. I wish it would have, but it was close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the book is everything kind of I've talked about today. It's got three major parts. The first part is why you are the way you are. The second part is teaching you breathing and the energy tools and that type of thing. And then the last part is more about energy and guidance and that type of thing. Um, but it's a guidebook and there's a journal, the being journal that goes with it. Like a companion book. A, a companion book. And the reason why you want that, if you want it, you can just take a notepad because the questions are in the book itself. But a lot of people like to keep it nice and neat and have it all really organized. Mm -hmm. And I made the companion journal. It's I have a lot of friends that are buying them for their friends who have done it, the work now and loved it. And they're buying them for their friends for Christmas. Wow. So great Christmas present. Uh, for people that might be struggling with stress or overwhelm or unhappiness in life. Um, and then from there, I'm designing and have built a training program that's going to be online. I've got the first two sections done and the third section is closed. So by in December, that third section will be available. And it's basically the book on steroids, mm -hmm. where it's more online and you learn things kind of on more of a talking level. So we do a lot of talking. There's chance there's live Facebook groups. 
and opportunities for you to really learn this stuff and build it into your life so you can transform your own life. Yeah, I, I, I did all this because I couldn't get to everybody. One-on-one -on -one coaching, you can only have so many slots a day. Yeah. And I couldn't get to everybody. And the, what I do is powerful. I've transformed a lot of lives and I just wanted to reach more people. So if you're a self-help kind of person, just get the book and the journal or just the book. And if you want a little bit more help and you really want to drive it home and the training's really uh, written also so that coaches and therapists can take this and work with their clients and use it. Cause I've coached a lot of those people, coaches and therapists and counselors. And they said it's the most valuable stuff they've learned in their business and have helped them be more successful. Are you still doing any one-on-one -on -one or have you moved that now into Absolutely. your course? No, I still build in a couple a day, okay. um, two to three a day that I allow. So mm -hmm. people can reg or sign up for, I actually do a comp session right up front to see if I'm a good fit for people, if they yeah. really want to connect with me. Yeah. Um, and then once we have that, if people want to coach with me, I'm, and I'm one of those people that I don't think there's a set amount of time or set amount of distance that you need to spend coaching. We follow what's right for you. If it's one time, I mean, I've changed a life in one time. Okay. I've had a person that's been with me the entire time I've been coaching. So it just depends on the individual, their budget, mm -hmm. their needs. Mm -hmm. And that's how that works. And where can people find so. your book and find you if they want to reach out? So the name of my website is, is www.thebeingzone.com. Um, the book's on Amazon and it's called The Being Zone. Um, but it's also, you can lead to it from my website and the training you can get to from my website. So just going to thebeingzone.com will get you to all of that. And I do like to always ask, are there any tools, physical tools or digital tools that you have used that are making, that's uh, making your work from home experience a little bit easier, or it's something that you've kind of picked up along the way that not, not necessarily what you've, what you're selling, but what you have personally used. Yeah. Well, the number one tool for anybody and everybody to calm your system and help with everything is breathing. Stop and do deep breathing. And it's not just the three part. There's all kinds of breathing exercises, but just do more than shallow breathing. Stop and breathe and center yourself every single day and your day will be a better day. Yes. Most important yes. thing you can do. I agree, honestly. After that experience that I had several years ago, mm -hmm. um, I just didn't feel right for like six months until I figured out, oh, mm -hmm. I just need to exhale and, you know, slow it yeah. down and, you know, be a little bit more intentional about it. It was pretty life-changing and, and timely right. in my situation. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, thank breathing you. Breathing was one of my first things. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say? I said breathing was one of the first things that started to calm my life. Yeah. So yeah. I'm with you. And any advice uh, that you would like to leave with people who are just getting started and working from home or who have been thrust into this unexpectedly? Just take as a old, I, I do a lot of business consulting too. Mm -hmm. Just take baby step after baby step and you will get there. If you know where you're going, just put one foot in front of the other and don't try to do it all at once. It will come together and give yourself the time that you need. Well, this is good. Thank you, Marla, for taking the time and for being patient with me as I kind of, you know, these are these are new exercises for me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. thank you for trying them. <laughs> Appreciate it. Well, we're going to call it. And uh, this is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home. Thank you co for coming today, Marla. Marla Williams with The Bean Zone. All right. Take care. Thank you.